Good afternoon, good evening, welcome to the Gig Stories podcast. And maybe it's a good morning to you as well. I am Alex, and I'm looking at the very handsome, respectable... <laughs> start that again. Respectable, the gold. <laughs> I'm not, I can't even blame that on being hungover or anything like Drunk, that. It's only half past four, you're not even drunk. I've had a busy day taking Artex off a ceiling, so, you know, hello. Wow. <laughs> living the dream opposite me is chris hi hey. chris with your glasses yeah but what's that word for i, I always wear glasses, glasses. <laughs> respectable so do, I. so do i i wear eyeglasses according to my daughter that's called oh, lovely not like what like a monocle <laughs> yeah well they essentially are aren't they contacts bloody hell middle-aged what are we talking about this is the live music podcast and we're talking about contact lenses it's almost as though we're we're growing old and boring chris never never <laughs> never, never. <laughs> and in fact it's no it's an exciting week hey i've bought another live gig ticket so they're starting to rack up now i've got uh, a couple of tickets for local venue the snug in atherton in Atherton, yeah, we've got the Pagans that Chris Hawkins mentioned. Oh, right, right. Who are a fantastic live band. And um, Lounge Society. And I believe you are going to come with me on that one. And this is very exciting. Oh, I've mentioned Turing Breaks. I've been going yeah, about yeah. them for quite a while. This week, I bought two tickets to see Little Sims in the Albert Hall. Ooh, wow. She's a belter. So I'm... I'm excited because it's not long now, Chris, and everything ends. <laughs> yeah, we can get back to licking the supermarket trolleys and <laughs> not the assistants. I've made that mistake once. No, never again. Never again. So I'm excited. And your news, and I'm gutted that I couldn't go. You actually went to more live music this week with a, a friend of the pod. Hey, it was fantastic. Uh, I went to um, Manchester International Festival, the Festival Square, on Tuesday. And Sophie Galpin, who was episode number, six, I want to say six, five or six. Say that. Anyway, um, she was a fantastic guest, but she was talking about Soft Lad, which is her, her newest project. And she was saying, well, Anyway, I, I recorded a bit while I was there, just a, less than oh. a minute. So, do you want to hear it? I want to hear it. Here he okay. is. Here's, here's a, a little taster. I'm at Manchester International Festival, and this is Sophie Galpin. Soft lad, or act, soft lad bangers. Um, she's nailing it, absolutely nailing it. The sun's out, there's a decent crowd, and yeah, she said that um, Soft Lad Project was worth waiting for, and it absolutely is. So, um, yeah, check it out. That is fantastic. I'm honestly gutted. I wish I could have been there to see her. She is 
she is so super talented sophie what a musician well she was there um she was there with all her pedals and her little sequencers and um loops and so she was she was playing uh, guitar or was it bass i was quite far back actually i, I, right. I didn't i didn't want to get up and go hi yeah it's me oh yeah she was on her own then and she was sort of on her own um, yeah yeah. playing all all parts yeah absolutely but but better than ed sheeran (laughs) (laughs) Um, i love her better than sophie galpin better than ed sheeran well put it like this i would pay money to see sophie play I mean, that says it all. She's, yeah. I think that that girl's going to have a, another busy year, isn't she? I oh, think another yeah. busy year. Last year was off, but self esteem, absolutely flying, and rightly so. Soak. She's amazing. Soak. I don't know what Soak's doing. Don't know if uh, she's got new music, but Sophie's going to be busy with those and as soft lads. And as, as Chris mentioned there in the clip, find her on social media and follow her because um you, you you're gonna love her and she's she's written five tracks five tracks yeah um yeah, yeah she 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 finished a set and said that's it i don't i don't actually have any more um but it says a lot that she just wanted to get out there and get what she had out there and it's really strong stuff as i mentioned that's in that amazing. short clip really good so if you um follow her on instagram and Twitter. I'm not sure if she's on Facebook, but at Soft Lad Bangers, um, which is which is a, a great um, Twitter handle. Soft Lad Bangers. She's um, class. She's class. Amazing yeah. woman. Amazing hmm. woman. In fact, speaking of amazing women, Christopher, we've got one on the episode today. Wow, that was seamless. That was seamless. Wow, didn't see that coming, did you? No. 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 <laughs> And it's why they pay me the no bucks. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're ripping our text off ceilings. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they won't let me back in the TV studio. It's, it's got nothing to do with COVID. No, it's just probably for the best, though, isn't it? For everyone. <laughs> for everyone concerned. This episode, I'd say this all the time. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I really did. Um, our guest is the fantastic Shell Zenner. And she just knows so much about music, but just has such a, a, an appetite for new music as well. And, yeah. and genuinely spends most of her time outside, you know, this pandemic world at small venues, finding those up and coming artists. And she's given me a heads up on, you know, quite a few artists. She just loves new music and, and, and all genres. And, yeah. I, I wrote a lot of notes during the interview so that I could find out various artists. And Chris has created an absolute belter of a Spotify playlist. 18 tunes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It's a, it is seriously strong. It's seriously strong. And as always, with every episode that we release on the Gig Stories podcast, we have a, a web page for each guest where we have videos, pictures, links, and they all have a Spotify. Uh, Spotify? Spotify? Can you Spotify? Uh, a Spotify. Oh, I said it again. Oh, my God. Respectable. Spotify. Spotify. Respectable glasses. Oh, were in spots. Spotify. Butterfly. Oh. Light. Oh, God. Shall we start the episode, Alex? I'll put you out of your misery. Here's, here's Shell Zenner. Enjoy. 
help me. And welcome to the Gig Stories podcast, the podcast that you can now, by law, give a quick hug to inside your house, but not dance with for fear of stuff or something like that, isn't it? So yeah, we you can, can give it an, an intimate hug. Yeah, it's an intimate yeah, hug. But, but you can't dance. But, so I don't know, it's weird. Anyway, as always, I'm still Alex and he's still Chris. Oh, yeah. And we have got... <clears throat> the godmother of new music. Oh, yes. It's Shell Zenner. Shell Zenner from Amazing Radio X, this Manchester, BBC Radio Leeds, all the radio that you could ever find. How are you, Shell? I'm good. Thanks for the talk up, the hype up, the godmother of new music. Uh, that one will stick forever from an article that I was interviewed for, I think. But it was a very nice line, isn't it? Manchester's finest. Oh, it's not. It's nice to be appreciated. You are part of Manchester's finest. It was a long, 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 long time ago, and I was interviewing someone on the on the telly. And you should always do your homework anyway. But I do it every interview, no matter whether I know the person or not. I always just Google their name, nothing else, just the name, and flick through because there's some belting stuff. We had Sophie Galpin. Uh, uh, on uh, who pins now self-esteem exactly who oh, i fell in solo project with. soft lad soft, soft lad so she's told us to look out for soft lad and and i i googled her name and we spent 20 minutes of the podcast in we chris uh, talking about this website where sophie was was rated on various things she was like northampton's 361st most famous person or something and then it was it was absolutely brilliant and when i when i put in shell zenner it came up with Bucheng, the godmother of new music if shell zenner doesn't know the band then they're not worth knowing or they've only ever played to their mother <laughs> Dave Haslam, I was once on the same radio station as Dave. We used to both be on a station called Beat Wolf alongside Mike Joyce of the Smiths and 808 State. And uh, Dave Haslam turned around and he was like, yeah, my aim for this week is to discover a band that Shells had a discovered. (laughs) Did he? Did he manage it? We need to ask him. It's been a few years. I mean, maybe, but maybe not. At the same time, he's a busy man writing books, isn't he? Right, we're 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 going to ask him. We're going to ask him because Chris Hawkins says something similar about Steve Lamac. So on 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 Six Music, it's all about beating Lamac to the punch, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so you are the the Steve Lamac of the North, aren't you? I have to say, I have actually beaten Steve Lamac a number of times. Yes, get in. I mean, he's probably yes. beaten me a lot more times. But um, there's one that stands out in my mind, actually, a band that I love uh, called The Goer Express. And I've supported them. I think I interviewed them for the first time like five or six years ago outside the Golden Lion in Todmorden. And uh, then all of a sudden they started uploading to BBC Introducing and um, they weren't getting played in the area they were uploading. 
I know that you from the Burnley slash kind of Yorkshire. Upload to West Yorkshire. We'll have you in session. So we got them in. We were playing their song, started playing the song straight away. Got them booked in for session. Uh, they did a wonderful session for us. And then about two days later, I think it was on the Tuesday, I was driving back to me, uh, back home from my parents and listening to Six Music. And all of a sudden, Stephen Mack was like, oh, I'm going to play this great new tune from this great new band called The Goer Express. And I was like, <laughs> pulled over got me phone out started texting him like on tweeting him saying steve steve we had them in session at bbc intro wi on saturday amazing you can listen back via the website the clips page good on you anyway he shouted it out and i was like yeah <laughs> yes go express great guys great guys great music so Chris, unless you've read this article, in this article, whoever it was that interviewed you, and I'm sorry I don't have the, the, the name, and if that person is randomly listening, great interview. They did say that within just a few minutes of interviewing Shell, they'd already filled their notepad with a load of band and artist names. And I, I, I feel like as soon as we, we hang up, on this call, I'm, I'm going to have to get, we're going to have to listen straight back through and think, right? Yeah, because you know, you know, for every episode we do a a, a playlist, and if it's a musician or a, yeah, if it's a musician, then it'll be their music. But if it's a a, a music fan, a punter, or um, you know, a DJ or a journalist or whatever, then it'll be bands and performances that they've they've mentioned. Because we also do um, clips like YouTube clips and all that kind of stuff, and um, yeah, some of them have been, dun, 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 dun. you know, you've got to, you're halfway through the pod and they've mentioned 20 different tunes. So these these playlists are getting massive. So I've got a funny feeling this is going to be... A, this is going to be one end. of those. Yeah. And sod the listeners, sod you lot listening. This is this be for my personal use. I'm like, right, if Shell says it, I need to listen to them. In fact, <laughs> lockdown, this is a nice way of talking about lockdown. Shell and I very much love BBC's The Rap Game. Rap Game UK. Rap Game UK with Target, DJ Target, <laughs> Shell Zenner, and Alex Winters. That would be a lineup, wouldn't it? That, that, uh, yeah, I mean. I, I love that. Now, this is, this is out of Chris's comfort zone, this. And he's, he's educated me on jazz, and I'm going to try and educate Chris on, on rap and hip hop. But uh, it, it was nice. It was nice to have that contact with you, Shell, as we each week would uh, anticipate a new episode of uh, the rap game. And of course, yeah, your boy from Leeds, yeah. Graft, one. You, you see, the story there is I actually asked Graft to enter Rap Game UK. I don't know if you knew that, but um, obviously I work at the Why did you not tell me that? I didn't. It just never came up, did it? But um, yeah, they basically tell us, because obviously BBC staff working for BBC Introducing, they're like, if there's anyone you think, you know, we're especially looking for artists on this patch, on this patch. And I know that the Intro Manchester team had uh, asked Lady Ice and suggested Lady Ice uh, the year before, and Lady Ice had obviously done really well. But when uh, they said, we're looking for artists from Yorkshire, and I was like, graft, man you need to i you know what i I could talk 
for hours about graft, but he's just such a spirited person. He's, you know, that pure energy that you see and the good vibes and the fact that he's talking about things that really matter. And he's very respectful about how he talks about, you know, women and, and, and yes. you know, really heavy subject matter. That's purely graft. That is just truly him and I remember talking on a panel um alongside him um for an organization called Ditto which was in Yorkshire giving advice to artists and stuff and it was like they were asking Graft about his management and he was like I don't have any management but he was just smart enough to have an email address that looked like he got management because you know he's try he's hustling on his own trying to look as professional as he can and I was like this is just pure graft. And that is why, you know, I said to him, if you need to do this, you need to do it. And he's like, yeah, someone's been in touch with me about it. I, I, I do need to do it, but I'm not sure because I don't want to be signed. And I was like, don't worry about being signed. It's not going to tie you down forever. And you might not win it, but you will get opportunities from it if you get in there. And he was like, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm going to think about it. And now because he's won it, I know there's another couple that we've been talking to for the next series that I've been like, come on, make sure you apply. So, um. Brilliant. You know what's great about it? I could go on for ages and I promise I won't. But you know what? It feels like in the North, we have to try three times as hard to get heard, especially by some stations that are very London centric. And, yep. you know, they put a lot of London artists on air. So the beauty of graft is obviously graft getting these massive opportunities, but also it's shining a light on other, other artists in the area that are working just as hard and are just as great. And I really hope that that makes a difference. And, you know, rap game is a bit of a specialized niche but i love it and it's very i cool. love it and you know i wish more people would take an interest and check it out because it's up on iplayer now and you can watch it for free yeah, so, yeah. I've, said, I've said to chris it's, it's worthwhile watching um because it is good just seeing what's you know what is on sort of street level what is going on in the clubs and behind closed doors in places that i as a 44 year old bloke I'm, I'm not going to be privy to. Um, and there were genuine goosebump moments in that series for me, especially with Graft. Walk away and I come right back. Oh, I just love it. Honestly, so. it's gripping. It is really gripping, especially when they get proper opportunities like performing with an orchestra, you know, which takes oh. the, the lyricism to the next level because it just makes it all that more intense and, yeah, that that moment with Graft and the orchestra was just just everyone. That was no, the, that no was spoilers. The... Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No spoilers, no spoilers. Yeah, I loved it. Check, check it and out. Fingers crossed. Brilliant. Fingers crossed. Favorite. We're gonna have we're gonna have Graft on on this Gig Stories podcast. Fingers crossed. Maybe you'll have to give him a push for me. Anyway, I can do that. Busy year. You've had a busy year. You've been on. You've been on the airwaves. You've been uh, at it. Uh, as usual, has it felt different? Have you felt more pressure or expectation to find and, and give us new music and to play great music or has it not? Has it just been business as usual? Well, obviously, a lot of my work has changed because there's been no events. There's been, you know, no festivals. But 
there's also been opportunities there's been you know things have been done in a different way or I've been able to learn new skills so people have you know that one of the hardest things I've learned is you know it's not easy to film yourself while you're behind the camera um, you know what I mean there's certainly things that I've learned I now have a teleprompter at, uh, app so I can read scripts on my phone as I'm recording myself um I've become very well I was pretty good at video editing but I'm even better now but um I've been very thankful that a lot of my work has continued. Um, I've been able to do most of my work, um, some of it in a different way, um, some of it not in the way that I'd prefer to do it, but, you know, I've been able to keep my spirits up. The life, the, the music that comes through the uploaders give, literally gives me life. Discover, mm. Discovering new artists, you know, breathes life into me. It can change my day, it can change my mood in a second. So I'm never not going to be thankful for that. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't lie. It's been hard being on air. I mean, when you can't go anywhere, you can't do anything, you can't see anything. And I, I know you will feel the same that when you are someone that spends a lot of time at gigs, that's how you feel connected to the music industry. You feel connected to the artists that are performing. You have that chit chat with them about how things are going, what they've got coming up All those regular faces. Now I think about, um, you know, like, uh, 24 um, hour party people, you know, all those names that they'd mentioned, like, <laughs> oh, John the Postman. And it's like that now. There's Alex yeah. the Bootlegger. And do you know what I mean? There's, there's <laughs> the, you know, the certain person who works for that website or uh, that photographer, you know, and it's, it's, that's the way it is. And you're like, wow, we're following each other, circling each other on social media, but like seeing from a vague distance what you're doing, but not having that almost personal interaction is really weird. Yeah, I've and been I've been missing some of the show sec guys, just kind of not because they they're normally the first people that I see when I get to the gig and I I you know show them a pass so that I don't have to show it every single time and da 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 and yeah just miss having a wee having a wee chat with the show sec dudes. I mean the promoters, uh, the promoters and the people like working in live, you know I take my hats off hat off to them because they've they've struggled more than anybody else as well as obviously people working in hospitality. But, you know, I do feel thankful that I've still been able to do my job, but, you know, talking to people and trying to talk to them when there's nothing that you can say you've done. Oh, I've watched something on Netflix. Isn't yeah. really the same as, Oh, I've been out to such a place for great pizza. You should check this place out. <laughs> um, so that has been at times really taxing. I have to admit there's been times where I was like, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to offer and I am literally <laughs> just trying to survive. But do you know what? It's like the listeners at like Excess Manchester, for instance, they get it. They're completely with you and they are feeling your pain. Yeah. Whereas the listeners are amazing. Anyone that listens for two hours of new music, like full on new uploads is hardcore anyway and yeah. is there for the discovery so if you are shedding any light on artists and the beautiful thing about amazing is we can play artists from all over the world so like one minute i'll be playing you a sun-drenched psych track from brisbane australia and the next time it'll be some techno from russia or something you know what i mean love it. and it's it's just an absolute beautiful moment so um you know, I've still been able to do that. In fact, because Amazing has expanded in the, into the States, we've had more uploads than ever before. So we've gone from listening to about 350 a week to listening to 650 a week. 
and then I'm listening to probably 200 a week for BBC Introducing and then obviously uh, doing my work for um, Excess and um. obviously I do other stuff as well. So it's like there's a lot of listening, but I wouldn't have it any other way, really. So you've had loads of, loads of music around you, I mean, constantly, but... God, how much have you missed the live scene there? Has it been driving you absolutely nuts? Have you managed to get by on on the music that you have anyway? Yeah, I mean, I went, I've been to one gig. I took the dog. I got a puppy and I took her to a gig that was outdoor in Halifax. <laughs> and she got to meet the Lounge Society and she got to meet the Orioles and she got to meet a new up-and-coming band uh, from the Hebden Bridge area um, who I think will be be, be quite good um, when they, you know, mature a little bit. They're very young at the moment. Um, Hang on, so, when yeah. was this? What, when was this gig? It was like last, the end of last summer. It rained, typically, Yorkshire style. But oh. um, yeah, you know, it was just little Grace and Unity gig and I was like, yeah, why not? Nico's old enough to go out now. Let's just go and stand outside and watch a couple of bands and we did um and you know it was an hour's drive there and back but I, would, I often do that for live music the fact that it was outdoor and it was free and it well not that the money wouldn't come into it I'd pay to, to obviously go to a gig but it's just the fact that it was happening and I wasn't at work but yeah I wish there had been a bit more like that do you know do you know what your first gig I mean I know none of us know exactly when it's these are going to be but have you got tickets for any particular gig at the moment i've got tickets for a couple of all dayers i know i'm djing two or three events should they be announced um a couple of them are already out there manchester psych festival i'm going to be djing at which i regularly yes, it's DJ a great festival of that great festival and really kind of you know under marketed you know i think it should be not not undermarketed, but I think it should be better known than it is. Is that at the Ritz? Uh, it's at various venues, but Gareth Butterworth books it, who is one of the bookers for Now Wave now, and he's always on the money. He used to work at Band on the Wall. Um, so I'll be DJing that, and I'm going to be DJing at another festival, Ghost Road Festival over in Leeds, which is another great all-dayer. I've got a couple of all-dayers booked in, uh, which I am. I've also still got tickets for things that have been cancelled and delayed and delayed and delayed, like yeah. Foles at Castlefield Bowl. You know what I mean? I'm like, please! Foles. I know. Come on, Foles just play well that was going to be the first gig that i was going to take my son to because because everything everything we're, we're going to be supporting and i, I want a gig to see to see them but um but yeah I, I i don't know has that been rescheduled because the the castlefield bowl for this year is not involving falls i don't think i think it has been yeah. i think they've said it's been delayed it's postponed year. type thing but next right. year i think I think it's next year. Yeah. They've now got a few others in September. Um, yes. That they've apparently got going ahead uh, with various people playing, um, yeah. in- including, I think, Hacienda Classical is on there as well. But um, I think it's, is it Snow Patrol? And oh, it's, it's all gone out of my mind. I've got a few tickets on my Dice app, but I would need to reinstall it and have a look. That's I think we discussed it. it. We've got Kaiser Chiefs what? as well, I think. Ah, right. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm... Um, I've got a few, but I'm almost like, I don't want to look because I don't want to tempt fate. Does that make sense? I know. I know. I didn't, I didn't really have many because it was just so far ahead and, or I couldn't get tickets for the gigs. So I just, I currently hold my ticket. I've said this lots, but I currently hold my tickets for Turin breaks at Manchester Cathedral in October. And I'm just praying, praying that 
it happens. I'd 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 go and see anyone. I'd go and see Chris playing his saxophone in in my back garden, in his back garden. It'll I'd cost you. Any? Yeah, I know. Five pound he charges, shall <laughs> five pound. A so, note. Five pound a note. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, most of the gigs I enjoy the most these days are actually quite small emerging artists. So it's not like they're ever like, oh, it's sold out now. Um, so, or yeah, I'm yeah. just quite flexible because when people get to a certain size and the venues get so big, I, you lose that personal kind of experience. And I prefer to see people in really small venues. Have yeah. you gotten into some new artists through lockdown that you've not yet seen live and that you're really looking forward to seeing live massively always um i mean Come on. i had the pleasure of seeing people like yard act and lounge society before we went into lockdown but people like bored at my grandma's house absolutely amazing i can't wait to see amber perform live Bored um, at my grandma's house. Bored at my grandma's house. Yeah, she's amazing. Honestly, so so good. Um, she's Sorry. from Leeds, originally from Cumbria, but yeah, living in Leeds at the minute. And she's just got this sweet, sweet voice. This kind of gazy aesthetic that you'll probably really like if you're into things like I don't know, a bit uh, hard to say. It's not really sonic youthy, I wouldn't say, but yeah, if you love your gaze, you, you'll like it a lot. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes, please. Okay, yeah. that's another one. Write it down, Chris. Put it in yeah. the open. Absolutely. So we are going to take you right back. And yeah, before I ask this question, it's just something that occurred to me. It's such a really odd phrase, disc jockey. So I was going to ask you to tell us about your, your journey to becoming a, a, a disc jockey. And then I just thought, wow, a jockey of discs. So, how did you get into jockeying, jockeying discs? I think, I, <laughs> I think actually it's less of the, the discs these days in any format, isn't it? And just kind of USB sticks and a, or a streaming subscription. USB um, jockey. But... I'm not sure that MP3 jockey is the same, is it? Hi, Shell Zenner, MP3 jockey. I did spot that Will Tramp, who's a well-known DJ in the Manchester area, is moving house at the moment. He's like, oh, my God, trying to move house with vinyl. And I was like, yep, that's why the last time I moved, I said they can carry me out of here in a box. It's Literally. heavier than gold. It's heavier than gold. It's unbelievably <laughs> heavy. I don't know. I don't know what's in it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Wax. Just plenty of wax. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Well, I moved um, all my MP3s into the garage. Uh, <laughs> I've still got my CDs in mind. I used to have them in a shelving to. unit, and I was like, "Come on, this is just too much now. There's too much. Yeah. Where do I put my Where do I put my mini discs?" <laughs> <laughs> so how how did you get on the road to um, well, being a DJ and being, being was, a presenter? I think I was always really obsessed with music, and when I um, I used to live in London. And that was like pre, in well, it wasn't pre-internet, but it was pre-social media. And I used to go on Irk chat rooms to talk about music. And I was uh, one of the early Libertines fan that would be on Libertines.org forum, uh, which is hilarious because Libertines.org, I look at the people that like were on that forum back in the day. And one of them is presenting on Beats. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them is like one of the marketing managers of band on the wall it's really really funny honestly no uh, way 
No, they're just, it, it was just a hardcore fan forum that would talk about the Libertines and then other musicians and other like, you know, other breaking artists before really social media became a thing. So I was always active in going to gigs, talking to people about gigs. I was living in London. I knew nobody I was working in a very male dominated technical job in engineering and I used to just go to Shepherd's Bush Empire on the weekend and go to gigs throughout the week on my own um, and then eventually I started um, I moved to Manchester I got a job opportunity and I was like right I want to move north where, where do I go I got a job in York and a job in Manchester and obviously the music brought me to Manchester and I just started uh, reviewing gigs for a, for a website you know like you know we'll get you some guest list you write us a few words Good. Brilliant. So I did that for a while, started doing some reviewing. I was reviewing singles for a magazine called Chimp Magazine. Do you remember that? Yeah. Manchester? Yeah. Became the correspondent for Fly Magazine, the Manchester correspondent as well. Oh, for Fly, Fly Magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was doing loads of writing like that. And then eventually I just got into community radio. People, uh, a couple of people had told me I've got a really good voice. And I started off and bless the people at Salford City Radio took a chance on me and gave me an hour a week. So I basically am all self-taught. I, I got my show and I played all the classics that I loved in the first week and then I was bored. So the second week I wanted to start playing new music. So I was just legally downloading things from iTunes, like literally paying the, what was it, 79p at the time per track, downloading them and then playing them on radio. <laughs> um, and over time I just built up, like people would start emailing me music and PRs wanted me on their mailing list and I would send a mailing list around every week, which was telling people what I was playing on the show. and. And yeah, eventually it just grew and grew really. And I taught myself how to interview people. I bought myself a dictaphone for 43 quid off eBay, which was not radio quality, but still. And the <laughs> first person they let me loose DJing was the drummer out of the temper trap while they were riding high after sweet disposition. No way. God bless Toby. He was very tolerant. So <laughs> I basically self-taught myself how to interview people and edit the interviews using some software, which I still use to this day, actually, just a more modern version of Adobe Audition. But yeah, I did that for a few years. I ended up then going to work for Bolton FM. And eventually, Amazing Radio just kept nicking my ideas. They would see me interviewing people. Then a couple of weeks later, they'd appear in session on Amazing Radio. So I think at the end of the day, they just had to admit defeat and they offered me a show. And next Brilliant. year, I'll have been on Amazing Radio for a decade. So, wow. Yeah, what? That's a pretty, like, pretty mind blowing for me. So, yeah, it, it started off. I'm all self taught, I'm all self propelled. You're not uh, old I enough, Shell. I am. I am. I really am. I've been in radio for what, 13, 13 years now. And I only started when I was 30. So, you know, that's the way it is. I'm just, I've just kept pushing myself forward and teaching myself. And the last five years I've worked at the BBC, but obviously I had pretty much all my editing skills and interviewing skills and production skills before that. But yeah, now I do a range of stuff, um, producing, presenting, curating, uh, assessing funding applications for people like PRS and PPL and help musicians judging awards i did the northwest music awards recently i'm going to be one of the judges on the aim awards in the next couple of weeks which i'm very excited about and you know artist development mentoring and stuff like that which i'm really passionate about because 
you know, there's a lot of musicians that don't feel very confident in their abilities and I want to empower people. I want them to feel like they're as great as they, they are. I want them to see and feel what I see when I look at them and their music. I think we need to rename you. I think we need to get rid of the godmother of new music. I think you are the Mother Teresa of new music. <laughs> I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm really not perfect. <laughs> It's that, it's that blue thing you've got over your head, that cloth. I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> what was your first live gig? New Kids on the Block. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. I mean, I was watching a program the other day i can't remember which channel it was on it was like a bbc4 special or a channel 5 or something and it was like new kids on the block were basically the beginning of the boy band you know before don't tell the osmonds that don't tell the osmonds that (laughs) okay that era of the boy you know when they massively really blew up but Mm. yeah i mean new kids on the block that (laughs) Sorry, that let's just let's just let that sink in for a bit. New kids on the block. That makes me feel so much better because I I felt daft with Michael Jackson. We're we're interviewed. We've interviewed all kinds of people, and you know they're coming out with the Clash or the Sex Pistols or someone really cool. And I'm not undermining Michael Jackson because let's be honest, one of the biggest musicians. But I'm so glad you just said new kids on the block. <laughs> Sometimes, was it? though, we can be a little bit snobby about music. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not snobby about it. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't really go and see them now. But wow, look how big they were. They were massive. And like when I went yeah. to Boston a couple of years ago, I was like, the Wahlburgers have got a burger chain and they do burger in a bowl. I'm going to find Wahlburgers because I want a burger yes. at Wahlburgers. Yes. And Love I found it. it. So I'm, so I'm not a snob. Where where was that gig? Oh, God, it was something like Birmingham NEC or something, because I grew up in the Midlands. So uh, there was a, like, that was, like, I was clearly a teenager then. My pair, I think my mum went with me and my cousins and uh, some of my aunties. So it was like a real family affair, kind of like, here's a Christmas present. You're, you like this band. And I remember one of my cousins being a massive take that fan after that. But I mean, I, I don't think I went to many big arena gigs or really have been to lots of them over the years. I really found my feet after that when I got to about 17, 18 and started going to Leicester Arena, which was uh, De Montfort University's gig space. Mm. And I saw so many acts there when I was 17, 18 and actually yeah. found a ticket. Ocean Colour Scene signed. Ticket. Wow. No. Then, Whoa. Shell is holding up that ticket, and it's Friday the 26th of April, 1996. Ocean Colour Scene. So that, 96, that would have been first album still, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've always been into uh, like uh, early adopter of a lot of people. I have to say the back's got, also got signatures on it. I couldn't fit it on the front. Hey. Is is that yeah. all the bands? The whole band? Yeah, signed the whole that? band signed my ticket, and I still have it. I've said this Lovely. before, and I feel that this is a safe place because we all love and respect each other. Ocean Colour Scene were one of those bands that I just did not get. Didn't get. 
and and I've I've gone back and tried to, and for some reason there's something in my brain it just sticks. I don't think yeah. I ever went. I, I don't think I went to see Ocean Color Scene. I did see them. They supported Oasis. Nice. Me too. Um, when Oasis played at Loch Lomond in nineties, uh, yeah. was it ninety six? Yeah. Oh, the so bill. Yeah. The bill for that was. Was then. It was just after. Was it just after? Because we check if I had Ocean Color. I had Ocean Color Scene at Nebworth supporting Oasis as well. So I, I wasn't I wasn't sure if they took because at Nebworth there was two nights. Yeah. And I don't yeah, know. Same same at Loch Lomond. They did they did the Saturday and the Sunday. Sorry, this is my um right. this is my Bible. With... Here it is, listeners. It's been a few episodes in fairness since Chris has pulled out his uh gig ticket Bible. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. He, 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 my, um... <laughs> look at that. You got them all saved like that. That's incredible. It looks amazing, I, by the way. You, it's a photo album. It's it's a photo album. You um, say incredible, shell. It you looks replay. awesome. I wish I've got like bags and bags of tickets and passes that I've just got everywhere. But we'll, not we'll get on to that. We'll get on to that in just a second, shell. It was um, Oasis <laughs> at Loch Lomond, um, Sunday the fourth of August, nineteen ninety six. So I think Ocean scene yeah. were. Um, supporting bootleg Beatles were amazing. They, they opened. Were... Yeah. Um, who else was bootleg on? Beatles opened. Did Cast play the Verve? It would have been around Manix. That time. Manix. I think the Manix were involved as well. I mean, yeah, it, it was an incredible uh, lineup. I yeah, remember yeah. this time where I was going to Leicester Arena that I saw Cast there. I saw the Blue Tones there, Echo Belly there. Um, <laughs> I saw, oh my God, there were so many. Manson. Yeah. Um, stripper bigger. Um, <laughs> Wide open space that, is great. I'm yeah. just saying that album is one of the best albums ever. I've just said. Just that, a bit yeah. weird though, isn't it? It's no, great. It's abs- it's it's, it's incredibly bonkers. <laughs> because it doesn't sound like I saw them supporting the Charlatans in Swansea University Refectory, and it was before they just done. Um, oh, what was? Was it Secret Lemonade Drinker and then Ski Jump Nose or something? It was they released some EPs before that album, and they played back late. They played in the dark, and so you couldn't see them; you could just see their shadows. But they were playing over tracks, over drum tracks, and I was like, "Who are these guys? They are crazy!" And then you know, a year or so later, they arrive wearing all kinds of stuff, and that album is brilliant. I'm just going to say, Shell. Genuinely, God's honest truth. I didn't know that you're the age you are. So take Thank it as you. a good I appreciate I, that. I <laughs> no, many people it, don't. No, <laughs> I, th- I thought you were below 30. Well, that's very kind of you to say. Serious. Maybe now that mentally. makes me feel like an old man. But when you were, re- you were talking about the dates earlier, I was thinking, Michelle's lying or something. Or she's <laughs> she got dates wrong. And then when you've just shown us Ocean Colour Sea 96, I'm thinking... What were you two when when that was? So I'm the same age as Annie Mack and Lauren Laverne. Okay. No way. Yeah, yeah, it's true. We're all the same age. I think Annie Mack's super young, though. Do you know what I mean? When I listen to Annie Mack or I see things that Annie Mack has done, it's, it's, I think sometimes it's more about where you're at rather than, you know, how you kind of manifest your age. Well, Alex, for a 50-year-old man, he looks really good on it. I think he's... Um... <laughs> 
What's that? What was that signal you were <laughs> you were doing there? You want a coffee? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Martini shaking that stuff. There's one thing I was going to say, Shell. Those bands that you mentioned there. Um, I'm not going to ask about those bands in particular, but I, I seem to remember around about that time, 95, 96, when the Britpop train was in full effect and bands were just going, right, we're going to promote a single by a UK tour and then the next single comes out, we'll do a UK tour. And it wasn't yes. like every year, it was every, it wasn't even every six months, it was like every four months I was seeing these bands. But what I was going to ask was, um, do you remember some of the bands that were just they never seemed to really do a massive amount of headline gigs, but you saw them so many times um, do, in support slots. Do you, do you, because th there are a couple that I have in my head and I was just wondering if it was the same as you when you were going t in Leicester. Oh, now you're racking my brains. I mean, I remember watching a band that I thought were going to massively blow up, but never did called Laxton Superb. Did you ever see Laxton yes, Superb? Yes, absolutely. I interviewed them for the Liverpool um, Uni newspaper when I was the music editor on that. Madness. I'm so glad that somebody else remembers them because I actually bought their, I think it was an EP and I thought it was great. It was. And I was like, what happened? But then it was kind of like the cooler shakers of this world and the shed sevens and, and you know, some of the, some of the bands that are still literally around right now, but you know, have they got to really lofty heights? No, they just have a very dedicated fan base. So yeah. every year they come out and do a dedicated you know, tour to appease those fans. I saw Marion a lot of times and the majority of the time, I saw them, yeah. you know, on top of the bill a couple of times, but the majority of the time they were they were support. But the other band that yeah. popped into my head just as I was looking through my tickets there was Heavy Stereo. Did you ever see oh, Heavy Stereo? Oh, they were weren't they? I think. I think so. Maybe that, band, maybe though. that, no, that, uh, maybe that was it. I didn't ever know where they were from. Oh, hang on. Heavy Stereo, wasn't that Gem? Archer. Was oh, it? I think that was his band ah. and then he went on to Oasis because they supported Oasis, I believe. Long Pigs as well. Oh, Long, Long Pigs were great. It is an underrated band. Like, well, obviously, we know what happened to, you know, one of the Long Pigs. Yeah, exactly. Hawley. Hawley, Richard Hawley, yeah. So. Heavy oh, stereo. I'm, I'm googling like... it now. Heavy stereo. <laughs> this is the thing, though. You think that you know, if even if they were a band that maybe didn't climb to lofty heights, it's what they were doing and what they were working towards and where they mm. finally ended up. I mean, yeah. you talk about ocean going back to ocean color scene, but Steve Craddock was, I think, at that time even then playing in Paul Weller's band. Yeah, you know, so you know, definitely he's... by '97, I think. Yeah. Uh, I oh yeah, it before. does. It it is Gem. It is. Yeah, Gem yeah, Archer was the so. front man of Heavy Stereo. Right. Well, I must have seen them Durham. about eight or nine times, I think, over the space of they, under, they under two years. You're right. They were on the bill. They were supporting all kinds, Chris. You were right. I remember seeing them. I remember seeing Sleeper. A lot. Louise Wenner. Oh, I still love her. Amazing. I, I and Sonia Aurora Madden from Echabelly. Oh. Yeah, still a beating heart. And still, Mickey still my band. Still my band. Mickey from Lush. Lush were a great band. I love Space. Yeah. yeah. Space. Now Space were bonkers. <laughs> still are. Still are. They, yeah. They, Absolutely they, mad as I've, a packet of fries. I photographed them at the Ritz about two, three years ago. And what? Um, what's the? What was the duet? What was the duet? Oh, that, what him with Keris? The one with Keris Matthews. With Keris um, Matthews. 
Um, and then they're basically they're they're drunkenly breaking up essentially. The, yes. Well, he had this kind of mannequin, but it was like this alien green the mannequin. Ballad of Tom Jones. Ballad, Ballad of Tom, Tom Jones. Jones. That was it. And he had this kind of mannequin, this green mannequin that he was dancing with, and then throwing around the stage. It was really odd. Um, that is brilliant. But they were Tom re- Jones. They were Tom cracking. Jones. Yeah, they were cracking those space. They, they and you know, two or three years ago, they they were really doing it. This, I mean, I don't know how because they were fueled. I I feel like we are sat in the pub, just having a chat. This is brilliant. So I'm just oh, we're on a podcast. We're doing a podcast. I, I, I love this. This is brilliant. What is 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 that Ocean Colour Scene ticket? Is that the earliest gig ticket you have? I I think well with to hand for sure. I think mm. of the gig tickets I would have the this era of me going to De Montfort Uni in Leicester was definitely that era you know I'd be going to gigs there literally every week with one of my mates and that was like even before I could drive so it was one of my mates driving me over there so my my dad was really good actually my dad let me go out and I started going clubbing when I was 15 years old and he used to drive and pick me up and then that quickly gravitated from going from our tiny little town that we lived in in Leicestershire to going to gigs in Leicester. Um, yeah. And, you know, then I ended up going, it, you know, rave culture was around and you started going to like proper cl- like rave clubs and stuff. Um, and then I went to uni in the north and it was all about hard times. So definitely maybe was on the jukebox and, you know, that's what you that's were doing. That's not nice. Apparently, my watch keeps wanting to interrupt. <laughs> that <is brilliant. laughs> That's not nice, apparently. That's not nice. <laughs> what is nice is your dad. Um, I need to give shout-outs to your dad then. Because my, my mum and dad... He's a great bloke, my dad. Massively. My mum and dad would let me pop off into town. We'd go to a gig at the Club Evil Bach or the university. The Great Hall was where I spent most of my a lot of my gig times. And then... I'd be on the last bus home. Now, in the 90s, and in fact, I'm just saying now as a dad, because it's just happened in the past couple of weeks, Grace, who's now 14, she, oh, I, I've bought the ticket, but she next year she will be going to her first gig. Now, she might go to others this year, but it's unlikely, but it's, do you know Girl in Red? I'm, I'm sure you do, Shell. Girl in Red. And uh, she's so excited and she's playing the Ritz. And there's a few few of her and her girlfriends who are going. And I'm already anxious, Dad, because I'm like, she's at that age. And I'm going to take her into town and drop him off. And I'll go and sit in Gorilla across the road <laughs> and wait for the gig to finish. I nearly bought a ticket for myself because I, I love her. And you I can't I'd... do that, man. You can't do but that. I thought I'd go up in the balcony and hide. No, you, st- you can't. You... I know. You're going to be looking over the balcony, looking, trying to find Grace. You cannot, cannot. I forbid you. I will I will be there with you in Gorilla, all right? <laughs> She would so, be paranoid and she wouldn't enjoy it the same way I know. she you were in the building. But. I think it's it's a real strength of character to have that trust in your child and also being able to read the personality of your child and know that they're not stupid. Trust them enough to think yeah. they're going to go and enjoy this, but they're not stupid. There was one time I came in at like four in the morning um, when I got a bit older and my dad. I walked in and my dad was like, sat there with a the Sunday paper drinking a coffee. Shut up. 
<laughs> and uh, I was like, I'm really sorry that this happened. I passed out and, and, and my friend was ill. And, other, you know, there's me trying to justify it. And my All the bollocks. Serenely sat there drinking a coffee and yeah. not making eye contact with me. And I was like, God, he's so good at this. <laughs> I love your dad. I love your dad. But I, to be honest, the, the real, I, we have had the conversation that we're going to be going to some of the same gigs because we cross over. And I've said to her, look, I'll, you just leave me to it. Don't embarrass me because I don't want to be around you. <laughs> That's my way of coping with it. But knowing how much it has meant to me, like literally going to gigs was my life and soul and was just everything. I know how much it meant to me. I want... I want her to have if have that if that's going to be her thing. So I absolutely will encourage it. So shout out to all those parents who've done that in the past and continue to do it because I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doing the gig stories podcast and talking about my blooming scrapbook of gig tickets otherwise no well luckily my my son's um, only eleven so he's not going to be going for another eight nine ten ten years probably. <laughs> <laughs> you banned him basically <laughs> you can only go to gigs in another city <laughs> I'm still going to be picking him up I'll be colluding with his mum Carl, kick him out the back gate I'll pick him up into town with me <laughs> where have oh, you God. been? I've been with Uncle Alex at a gig <laughs> <laughs> hilarious so. thing is right my family don't really do a lot of music uh, but me and my brother bought my dad and my mum tickets to go and see the Eagles um, a few years ago honestly my dad did nothing but complain that these tickets how much did they cost you they were miles away I couldn't see anything and then by some miraculous recovery uh, somebody had uh, left a ticket there was seats available at the front so they just offered us to sit at the front so we ended up in these 400 quid tickets and I was like hate you you know <laughs> you really dissing me i spent 80 quid on them tickets they weren't cheap like 80 quid a piece weren't cheap totally got bashed by my dad um, <laughs> i love it just now, not good enough is it you know who do they think they are i love i love that you moaned i got to take my mum to see the rolling stones in in cardiff it, it, it was in what it was the millennium stadium and it was for free because their gig tickets were so expensive, they'd sold out an amount that they will, but then the promoter just papered the house so that they could just fill the top tiers. So I was working at the arena. They were like, how many do you want? I went, uh, six. They went, okay. <laughs> so I was like, mum, we can't see the Rolling Stones. And it was just... Well, I think ridiculous. they do that at all the, the, the massive venues. I mean, I, I ended up through a, a mate at the MEN, I still call it the MEN, at the arena, and ended up going to see, you know, getting getting a phone call and saying, do you want to see Madonna tonight? Like, yeah, all right. Um, do, you want to, do you want to see, um, who was it, Bob Dylan? No, I, um, I don't want to know the rest. Why have you never told me that? I've shown you the ticket. I have not seen Madonna's ticket. She was my first crush. I'm going to say, is that, that's a, a weird word to describe it. <laughs> crush I've never seen Madonna's ticket <laughs> I'll be honest everyone's seen Madonna's ticket haven't they <laughs> you got the book Saturday the, the 14th film. Saturday the 14th of August 2004 you jammy little yeah 
anyway amazing <laughs> you know when I, yeah. I'm, I'm i don't know about you but i'm like obsessive so when i go to a new city so like when i went to seattle i had to go on the stalking seattle tour to find out you know where mud honey sound garden yes. um you know and, and kirk Cobain lived and yeah. when i went to new york i did the the walking tour of the uh of the um west village and they were like that's where madonna first lived when she lived in new york here's the joe uh here's the um oh god totally gone brain dead mural but also i realized i was staying in the cover of uh, led zeppelin's physical graffiti the building i was staying no way. in that building wow. because they stopped outside with the record sleeve and i was like oh yeah i'm staying in the basement <laughs> So, you know, straight, strange things like that. And I'm absolutely obsessive about going. Did you go to the um, the Chelsea Hotel? Yeah, I think so. And I also found out about the egg cream because obviously there was a lot of stuff that happened around that area, wasn't there? Yeah, well, there's a great um, arena documentary, I think is probably yes. still on iPlayer about the Chelsea Hotel. It's bonkers. It's really it's, great. It is, it's exactly that. It's bonkers, isn't it? It's yeah. completely bonkers. I don't think there's any voiceover. That. There's no... Yeah, there's no narration, I don't think. I think it just, it doesn't tell you the history, but it just, it's like a snapshot of who's there. And um, yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, Right, Shell, let's take you to the quick fire round. Quick fire round, I, yeah. I'll never not laugh at that because it's never quick fire. Okay, these are difficult questions because we're ultimately asking for one answer. We realize that, but it's just a bit of fun. And if your answer is going to be different tomorrow night, that's okay. We'll do the podcast again. Exactly. <laughs> your favorite band to see live. Oh, I'm going to say Foles because I always am looking for Yanis yes. to climb up something. And it's always yes. you the expect the unexpected. Um, yeah, I just love them. They're just pure energy. They're the band that I wish I had interviewed on the first album. But at that stage, it was a little bit new in my radio music journalism career. And I was a massive fan of the first album. But, you know, then oh, you see brilliant. them. Same with Arctic Monkeys as well. I was, you know, watching them at Jabez Clegg and there was a stage invasion and I was in the photo. And now I, was just, I wish I'd done something then, but before they blew up massively. But yeah, Foles will always be my ultimate. Because I just love the energy and the, and the fact that you just don't know what's going to happen next live. Exactly. And they're one of those bands that I'm not sure they've ever played a bad gig. It's I don't energy, think you could ever see the Foles energy. and go, oh, that was bad. And already, not already, because they've been around forever, I suppose, haven't they? But their set list, no matter what they play, is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Mm. It was the last. It was amazing. just incredible. Like the last couple of times I've seen them, I think I saw them at the Sugar Mill in Stoke, which was a really small gig pre-album release. And then the last time I saw them, the most recent time I saw them was uh, at uh, yeah Victoria Warehouse. I mean, I don't think the, yeah. the venue is particularly great sound-wise, but again, Jeremy from Everything Everything was on bass there for them. So oh, it yeah. was just, 
such a spectacle as well, the thought that goes into the stage setup. And even then, before that, I think the last time I'd seen them was when they were headlining Leeds Festival for the first time. And I wanted to be there. It was peeing it down. But I was at the front because I wanted to be there to witness this really monstrous event for them because they've always been the underdog. And then, you know, I love a band that have had to work really hard, but get there and you just, just, you know, I'm not proud of them because, you you know, you haven't done anything to help help them. But you're just like, look at you. You can do it. You know, you can get there. I I felt that at the arena. In fact, I took George. You need to be nine, I think. So it was three. It was when uh, everything everything supported them. Um, at Manchester Arena. In fact, maybe it's longer. Maybe it's four years ago, and and it was their biggest Manchester date, you know, and or or venue today. And I just honestly, I felt so chuffed for them. Everything, everything just did their thing, which is always just spectacular. And then Falls came on, and it was so the crowd went absolutely mental because it was, I think, all those people feeling that same. We're so proud of you. We've watched you through all these venues, and now you've made it here. And it, yeah, that was just a great gig. And anyway, the this is the they also support others. Like, look at like Jeremy's been playing bass for them, and now they're trying to help everything, everything. Who I think, you yeah. know, really deserve more praise and credits than they have. So I really hope that that helps them get to the next level. Totally. I mean, I think at the moment yeah. they're my my favorite band around. Everything, everything. I just adore the the so good the, their mentality, the way that they're looking for the corners do you know what i mean they're looking for the edges and the um but still with real heart um and passion yeah great and sounds um, so unique hmm. the, the, no one sounds absolutely. like everything everything absolutely <laughs> i remember watching them on the enemy radar tour as the opening act in academy three wow and that and you know that was when key's boyfriend was out and you know it's just you Every every release is flawless, but that's it. They're not imitating anybody else. They are completely their own sound, and that's what I love about them. So, yeah, yeah, hopefully in time. You know, it's no easy ride for them. You know, when you're at the level that everything, everything are, you go into a venue and you have to pay for the PA, you know, and you want your stage set to look good, but then you need your prices, ticket prices to say competitive, it's really hard to make money, you know, to actually make a living off it. You know, you're probably making a living from, you know, any festival dates that you're being booked for, that you get paid for. And, and, you know, that's what people need to realize that if you want these artists to continue making music, you want them to, you know, be able to keep performing live, you've got to support them. You've got to buy merch from them. That's it. I was just going to say, buy the merch. Merch stall, get down the back. Exactly. Get down the front. And then go down the back. Get down the back. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, the, the next one in the quickfire round. Do you remember, do you remember that? Remember the quickfire round? Remember what that once was? Um, <laughs> uh, Favourite ever gig? What was your best ever gig? Oh, okay. Um, I'm a massive fan of the Mac DeMarco and... Uh, it wasn't technically a gig, but I saw him performing in a tree in Barcelona. Okay. Was it a festival? That's yeah, it amazing. was Primavera Festival, but it was kind of like an off-piste. Um, and I love those kind of things where yep. you just simply don't know what's going to happen next. And I just, he's such a charismatic guy anyway. And it was around the release of his album too, which is like 
honestly my fave Mac DeMarco album. It was Brilliant. about probably about 2012, 2013, before he really kind of massively blew up. So it was like, I love that when I'm in the little secret gang and I know about something and I get close to somebody or something. And then it feels like a special moment, especially if it's been an album that you've really gelled with and that you've fallen in love with, or maybe you've fallen in love with that artist around that album. Well, well, if 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 Shell Zenner doesn't know them, then they're not worth knowing. <laughs> what has been your worst gig? And Oof. we let you interpret what that means. Okay, my worst gig, and I feel really sorry because occasionally I do play them on radio. But um, I once went to Ali Pali in London because I desperately wanted to see Kings of Leon and Kings of Leon really early doors first album had uh, sold they'd gone on I think I'd gone on holiday when their tour dates for the, I've been waiting for them to tour their first UK tour and um, they went on uh, I went on holiday and the gig tickets sold out Liam Gallagher had basically gone on and talked about them on some on enemy or something all of a sudden yeah. the tour dates were sold out and I was like I need to see them so I'll, I'll go to London and I'll see them at Ali Pali. It's huge, and they're supporting Travis. Yeah, um, Kings of Leon were amazing. I think there was a point that the guitarist from Travis mounted the amp, and that was the moment I decided to walk out. Wow. Okay. Travis ruined it for me, and um, but Kings of Leon were spectacular, and they did this amazing lounge version of Molly's Chambers that I've never got over. It was just so good. Um, I, I, I'll yeah. always love Kings of Leon. They they've become you know the band easy to criticise for some reason. I don't know why. You know, like Coldplay's like that actually. And actually, if you think I, about I've the said that before on 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 here as well, I stand by them. They've just released their new yeah. single, which I find is very mediocre. But I will go and see them, and they are brilliant musicians and they still have a wonderful back catalogue it's, it's too easy to dislike these people and it's very people, cool apparently people dislike them when they they lose a bit of the fire in their belly like oasis you know you're never going to have that same fire that they had indefinitely maybe because they mm. were nothing and they were trying to get somewhere no gallagher's not going to write the same kind of tune now is he and it's the kind of same thing when you look across u2 or kings of leon if they sold out even someone like tame impala you've become less edgy and become more commercial but what do you have to do to survive become more commercial and popular exactly. yeah. and then I you think, get to shoot people down for it i think so, sometimes i mean I'm, I'm speaking from a photography point of view and um the 99 of photo gig photography um you will then retain the copyright and it's it's your your images of the band and they get they get exposure from it obviously and you're you're publicizing what they do but um I think there's only two artists that basically made me sign my life away for the photos that I took at that that gig, and one of them was Kings of Leon, and it was because of it, I was quite early in my photography that I said, well, yeah, because I want to put an image of Kings of Leon on my website, and I want a good one because people will go, oh look, that's Kings of Leon, and it's a good photo of Kings of Leon that was taken by him. So he must be good. Do you know what I mean? So I, I signed it and, um, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it again. The other one That's was Gary. Good. The other one was Gary Barlow, by the way. Well, need, need to say no more about that. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
I, I love whenever he puts something on Twitter, like now, uh, people are just reply, like, who should I co- collaborate with next? And somebody replied, HMRC. HMRC. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely yeah, or it's it. just, yeah, nice one, Gary. Hashtag pay your taxes. It's just... Exactly, yeah. exactly. Brilliant. No. They're not going to let it lie. <laughs> no, exactly. They're not. No. They'll never forget. Good pun. Never forget. <laughs> No bad. Get it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Next question. Now this may not be quick fire because you're gonna have to think about it. And I was just thinking about it earlier on today. What's your best ever start to a gig? Or oh, it might be an end. So like uh, I saw you two on the Zoo TV tour, which is a very famous start, which ironically, if you don't know it, makes it ironic. But also Supergrass. I saw Supergrass start their gig behind a curtain, and it was just Lenny. Bum, 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 bum. Everyone's there going, hang on, they're on the stage playing, but we can't see them. And as that as that song drops and they all kick in, the curtain disappears and the crowd just went wild. And I just realised I love it when theatrical stuff like that happens. Have you... Does one come to mind? Massively, yeah. Yes, um, yes, I'm yes. a massive fan of an Icelandic band called Dead Skeletons. Now, I go to a lot of psychedelic music festivals. I've gone to a lot of psychedelic music festivals all over the world. And if you go and see um, Dead Skeletons, um, Nonny, who's the lead singer, he starts every show by doing a painting. So he's on stage and there's all this kind of weird psyche ambience going on, smoke machine, everything's dead moody. And Nonny is painting a painting. He paints the same painting at the beginning of every show. <laughs> and you can buy it after the show. Honestly, it's amazing. That's, he's an artist and he has a studio in Reykjavik. And actually, you won't if you're listening, you won't see this. But if you see that waterfall, that's one of Nonny's waterfalls. Oh, really? Oh, in Reykjavik that he painted because yeah is the dead studio in Reykjavik uh, which is his um, his little painting hole but basically what I love about them they're like a, a trio and they got their name actually from Anton um, Newcomb from the Ryan Jonestown Massacre oh right, yeah get their name so they're very kind of like in the same um the same ilk as that but they always have this mantra called the dead mantra um trying to remember the exact wording of it it's uh, because nonny has um what's it called he has hiv and he's been living a very clean life for years to try and keep his health in good check but they have like a a saying along the lines i'm probably going to get this wrong but it's something like um Oh no! I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to Google it. Otherwise, I will get it wrong. Uh, the dead. De- it's called the dead mantra, but it's like something along the lines of, you know, if you can't see life, you know, those who aren't threatened by death can't enjoy life, or something along yes, those lines. Yeah. But it's very, very good. And anyway, the dead mantra is always this, this painting of this, this figure. And it's just such a magical experience watching him do this painting and then going to the merch stand again, you know, making yourself some great creative options to make money off your tour by by basically selling merch that you've created at gig. Imagine being there, watching him do the painting and then buying the painting and then having that on your wall, knowing that you were there when he was. Surely that's just that just turns into a punch up at a wedding. Surely, like, who's, who, 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 oh, it's not cheap. Fan? I don't think it's cheap to buy. No, which fan gets to buy that? Surely they're all fighting over it. I'd love to see that merch stall at the end. 
Honestly, he's a very incredibly friendly person as well as a very talented person. But well, that's another one yeah, going well, on the playlist. Yeah, yeah. It's, there is the dead dead mantra um, is is a, is a song of theirs. But um, well, I will the find the mantra. Dead skeletons out. Um, I was I thought it was on the art. It's normally on the artwork, which is a skull. Um, but I'm just trying to trying to find it. I've got it. He who fears death cannot enjoy life. Nice. Oh, just the other one. He who fears death cannot enjoy life. I like that. Yeah, and it's like yeah. around a skull. You see the bottom black. Yeah. You if you're listening, you won't go to see it. We'll put it on the website. We'll put it on the website. Yeah, let's put that on the website. Cool. Um, next question is, what's your favourite venue and why? Oh, I would say it's just the Brudenell in Leeds. Yes. <laughs> I cool. love, do you know what? It's just the nicest space. It's out of town. You always get a parking spot. Nath is yeah. so, Nath's attention to detail is incredible. And he just really does care from everything to sound to food. You know, you get there early, like I do as a, as a music journalist to interview people before, you know, they've just finished sound check. And Nath's there saying, you know, do you want some of my mum's lasagna? She's cooked for the band. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I will. It's really nice, by the way, Nath's mum's, mum's wow, lasagna. But yeah, it's just an incredible space. And I think what they've done with it over the last few years as well, expanding it yeah. in, with new spaces, it's a really good venue for an all day and now as well, you know. Yeah, because it's, it's like, really an, it's, like a, it's a social club, isn't it? So it's kind it's of, it has really got that nice. real feel. I mean, I've only, only ever been once um but i absolutely fell in love with it um when i went there i was doing the, doing some photography um for nord off robbins and it was you know they have the the um one-off gigs all over the country at different venues and reef were playing there so i photographed reef at, at the brudenell and it wasn't really my my cup of tea but the venue oh my god it was just it was my perfect size of venue as well not too tiny but just no just the right size you always get a good view they sell crisps behind the bar as well as pies i mean the only other Perfect. one i can think of on that level is head hebden bridge trades club which you know you can go and watch someone like edwin collins there and you know you're gonna have an incredible night do you know what yeah. i mean but mm. i mean i love a lot of the venues in manchester and band on the wall is closed at the minute so that probably is why i said somewhere else because it's being refurbed but i love band on the wall for everything they stand for um, yeah. And the fact that they really support emerging artists there, like really give people opportunities and diverse genres like jazz artists, etc. opportunities. Yeah. But I just love the Brudenell's vibe. I just, I just love it. And I always have a great, it's for me, it's like that great day out as well, going over there for a gig, a little adventure or an all day. Out. It's just, it's that's just a, a, really that's a great, great answer. Place. That is a great answer. Last one in the quick fire round. Who is your favorite live vocalist or performer oh that's a real toughie i don't know you know got to answer otherwise you don't you don't win the prize at the end of the podcast what's the prize the podcast goes uh, out a, a saxophone lesson with chris <laughs> <laughs> um actually it's a saxophone lesson with me oh god <laughs> i honestly um I feel like I don't want to repeat anyone again. 
I absolutely love yeah. Edwin yeah. Collins. I've mentioned his name there, so I'd probably say Edwin. Oh, because what a gorgeous man. I just, do you know what? It's if, if you've not read the book that Grace wrote about Edwin's like return to health, they're just the most inspiring people. And yeah. when I met them and to interview Edwin many years ago at Indie Tracks Festival at the Midland Railway in Butterley in Derbyshire, um, I just fell in love with them. And we've stayed friends ever since. And whenever they come to Manchester, we give each other a shout and I go down and see them. Oh, and I, I Or that. if they go into Hebden or something, I just love them. And he is... You know, he's just such a legend. The unmistakable voice of Edwin. And despite, you know, his health changing and him not being able to play guitar and do some of the things, he it's just his little knacky, like little natty sense of humour is just makes every every show incredible. That's made me think of another question just really quickly, but it's not necessarily about live music. It could be. Um but there are very, very few songs that I will hear and detest and then over years will gr grow to absolutely love them. Um, okay. You know, sometimes I'll kind of like them from but the first time I hear them and then I'll, you know, like them or love them. But there are very few that I will absolutely, I'll turn the radio off, but then years down, and A Girl Like You is one. I, I really? yeah. I could not bear it. And then I don't know what happened. So a flick switched to me and I just like, oh, I get it. I get it now. And I absolutely adore it. I'm just wondering if there's a, a, a tune that you had that same experience with. Because I've, I've, you know, I think it's only that tune with me, to be honest. Not a, not a tune, but a band. I There was a point about five or maybe more years ago that I was like, I cannot stand Muse. Now I'm playing them on radio every week. And actually, I don't dislike it. I'm like, yeah, I totally understand why people like Muse now. I mean, maybe it's because I'd seen too many clips of these really over-the-top gigs, you know, with like spacecraft and, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, come on, yeah. it's really OTT. But actually, you know, I hear some of those tunes now without the visual and all that kind of overblown stuff. I can hear what people really love about Muse, what they love about that energy and that kind of out of this world voice almost, you know, but I'm not saying I'd go and spend a load of money on their merch or anything, but I don't get to the radio and think, Oh my God, I've got to take the headphones off. I can't deal with this. I took, I took my sister, I took my sister to see them at the Etihad in, you know, Manchester city stadium. And they're fantastic. If you like, if you like a theatrical stadium performance, mm. they're great. And in fact, one of my favorite live moments ever. So I'm, I'm a big U2 fan and I'm unashamedly a U2 fan because there's too people put too much on it now with, you know, individuals forget what they are as individuals as a band. Brilliant. So I was gutted when they had to pull out of headline in Glastonbury. And so Muse played and being a real geek, they took, I could hear the opening Muse started playing these, just these opening chords, uh, held chords on a, on an organ. And I was like, and then the stage turned red and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is where the streets have no name. Cause whenever you two play it, all the lights and everything on the stage goes red. And then the edge walks out and he played, and this was, you know, Glastonbury and he played where the streets have no name with Muse. And actually, if you watch it on YouTube, we'll put a link on this. 
I find it really joyous because Matt and the and and, and the rest of the band just can't stop smiling and they're looking at each other going the edge is there playing guitar and it's just so joyful it's so joyful but did you I, know I, this was going to happen i, I you know it's like no one told me this <laughs> and uh, but i stand by muse especially and i hate to be that person but especially that the, the first album and the first two albums sunburn is one of my favourite songs ever. And they never play it. And it winds me up. I'm like, why are you not playing Sunburn? Because it is incredible. Well, that's but, ironic with the state of your forehead. And, oh, just... <laughs> You've been listening to the Gig Stories podcast. So I was Alex. And he was harsh. <laughs> anyway, we. do you know what? We, we've kept you talking and talking. I, I, honestly, I've loved this. I wish I'd gotten some red stripe and chili peanuts i don't mean i know i'm, I'm here with my lemon barley water are we recording this chris i, yeah, I, I think don't so um i there's there's more i've got more questions here than we've got time for so we always finish we always finish with a live recommendation but i i'm going to scrap the fancy festival and we're going to do this at a live event we're going to go to an all dayer with you shall yeah we're going to ask you the questions that we we didn't ask okay i like the if only okay because it's it's like football fans talking about you know who's the best messi or ronaldo who do you really wish you could have seen live but you can't because they're no longer with us oh david bowie Mm -hmm. oh I have the DVD that you could buy, the David Bowie album with the Glastonbury performance. And obviously they played it again because of COVID. They played the full performance, which they'd never played in full on TV before. But I'd actually invested in that and had just an incredible performer. You know, you know, when people are talking about, you know, I need to define myself as, you know, a man, a woman or non-binary or, you know, however people are now with their pronouns. And I'm like, David Bowie didn't feel like he needed to do any of that. He was just David Bowie and people accepted that he was David Bowie. Has there been an artist like David Bowie ever? No. No. Will there ever be again? I I don't know. I'm happy to say, uh, and I think I've said it on this podcast, I was lucky enough to be at that Glastonbury and that is when I fell in love with Bowie. I'm not going to lie and say, yeah, I was always, I was crazy into Bowie. I wasn't, he was one of those big artists that I still come 2000. Was it 2000 or 99, that that performance? 2000, I think, wasn't it? I can go and check on the DVD if you'd like. I think it was 2000. But um, I'd just not gotten round. I knew, I knew the songs but I, I was not wholly invested. And I I was brought to tears during that performance. It was just incredible from from the off. It, it, it was just, yeah, what a performance. Oh, I wish you could have seen him. He was- were, were, there any, um, were there any smaller bands that you'd heard maybe a demo or heard a couple of singles and then not had a chance to see and then they hadn't got because there are a couple that popped into my head there which i really bitterly regret not going to see go on who chris well one was a band called screaming maldini 
Um, oh yeah, I've seen them live. They were have great. You? I love <laughs> <Yeah>. them. <laughs> Gina is incredible, and she's in a band called Before uh, Before Breakfast now. Oh, is she fantastic? Yes, she what a right, great so the, voice! So the godmother of new music, right? Look, look, people call me a geek, right? Chris has just said, "Screaming Maldini." I've sat here with a quizzical face, going, "Not a clue." The godmother of new music doesn't hasn't just seen them, but knows them by name and knows what they're doing now. I've I, interviewed I mean, them. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to drop my own mic for you, Sean. <laughs> there. Well, I think Who this... else, Chris? Who was the other one? Um, well, I was supposed to photograph them at the um, at the. Oh, where were they supposed to be playing? And they were supposed to be on the NME tour a few years. It was the Amazing Snakeheads. Um, I right really, then. yeah, I really wish, wish I wish I'd seen them. Um, so yeah, they, they, I think they they split up. And who was it? Somebody was it the Fat White Family or or, or witches? I think took their place on enemy um the enemy tour um and um yeah uh, really sad i think the the documentaries out on on iplayer now about um dale's life um but yeah yeah because he died didn't he? he had brain cancer yeah Badly. yeah um, what an en- like what an energetic band though they properly packed a punch yeah like on record and live I, pl- yeah. I didn't interview them. I never met them, but I played them on radio on Amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just full on, just kind of a, a kind of sensory overload of an experience. But but yeah, never saw them live. So yeah, they were my two. The Sundays as well, maybe. But um, but yeah, yeah that's... I'd like to see them. So before we ask you your final question, and you can only choose one, when everything gets back to normal and we can go to gigs, who? should Chris and I go and see which act, artist, band do you recommend we go and see live that we possibly Ooh. haven't? I would haven't. say because of the, the the vibe that we have had and that you need a good party, you need a good dance, you need some good vibes when, from some people that are making great, energetic party music, I would go and see Porridge. P-O-R-I-J. Yes. They are okay. amazing. We uh, will like obviously. I've been championing them for a long time. I've interviewed. Yeah, I've them heard a you. I've time. heard you talking about them. And we put them forward for Six Music Recommends Day. Uh, we, we recommends Day for for introducing. And there was like you know forty shows that put an artist forward, and there was only four artists selected on Six Music and Porridge were one of them. And then the week after they released a new single called 150 that was then everywhere. Marianne Hobbs was playing it, Lauren yeah. Laverne was playing it. And since then they've dropped a new single, Nobody's Scared. And, you know, again, they're very intelligent, but you know what? You just spend a bit of time with them and they're completely infectious. Like they're just all so incredible, uh, incredibly talented musicians. Um, they, I did a masterclass uh, last year at the Royal Northern College of Music where they study and they kind of, you know, based out of, and you can just see the free spirit around them. It's just incredible. Like Tom's an incredible jazz drummer. I first met him when he was in a band called Darcy. Um, Tommy Villiers was uploading solo music on introducing that I was liking and Tom Robinson was liking. And then we met Egg and Egg is also an incredible photographer as well. She does some amazing artwork and photography for um, another artist that um, is a wonderful 
from Manchester called Paige Kennedy. And then Jams is just Jams. They, but you can just see how it works together and you watch them live and it is just a proper bit. It's a proper bop. And it's Brilliant. all good vibes. That's what you need, I think, at the minute. Porridge. Porridge, right. Porridge. Porridge. The Oat Gang. Brilliant. Yeah. And then the last quite well, it's not really a, quite, uh, a question, but it's a recommendation. So can you um, give us a, a live track or a live album or a live um, video, maybe something on YouTube or whatever, um, that you it, it, that is your go-to live piece of music? Again, I, it takes me back to a time where I fell in love with a band and it's always like around a record and I interviewed this um this band at that time and it was about again like 2012 and they're called Dive D-I-I-V um and they're out of Brooklyn New York really kind of the stuff they were doing again was quite gazy motoric um and they did this performance of a song called Doused, which I love, on Letterman, <laughs> live in the States. And I love this song and I love the whole album. And I just literally, if I get lost in that record, it is just a really happy place for me. But I don't know, there was just something about this performance live where it was literally double speed. Like the bass player had just taken it, tried to ramp up the energy. Like you're on Letterman, you'd really want to make an impression. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'm listening to this track and you're like, literally like you feel sucked back in your chair because it's that fast. It's like double pace and they're all literally frantically playing like so quick. And it's really funny. I It's on YouTube and um, I go and look at the comments and there's half of the people going, Jesus, that's like double the speed. Go and listen to the album and listen to this. Jeez, like <laughs> twice as fast. And then there's other people going, um, like Cole, the lead singer, is doing this kind of motion where he steps forward and he steps back. And, and there's other people going, why does Cole look like he's just desperate to go the loo? <laughs> the whole video. And I'm just, I absolutely love it. It's either that or I, if I just want generic music stuff, anything that KEXP do in their sessions is absolutely amazing. They always look great. Uh, I fell down a crang bin hole. Uh, watching the KEXP live set recently but yeah um, both of those are great but the dive it's just amusing to see you know when you play a lie like live how much you come alive that the, the the song almost jumps out of its skin and is twice as bad well I think on our website I'll I'll put um the original and I'll yeah. put it next to the, yes. the the live on Letterman honestly the tempo change is insane um, there's lots of comments on it about BPM basically Excellent. It's a fast BPM. Oh, Shell Zena, honestly, it's been. I, I've really, really enjoyed this. Thank you so, so much. And uh, actually, we're all within a stone's throw of each other up here in Manchester. So hopefully, we can do this outside. In fact, we'll do it on that one day. -er. <laughs> we're going to do it on an all day. -er. You're going to choose the place. We're going to go to that all day a festival, and we're going to ask you the questions that we didn't we didn't get to ask you. Because there are loads of them. Loads exactly. of them. Um, I'd even bought some merch. Look. Oh, show us your. Oh, oh my bit God. Of charlatans T-shirt. This is an Indian rope Indian charlatans T-shirt. How old is that T-shirt? Very old. I had it on the wall in my first house that I bought, and you know I was about twenty-four then. So, and I'd had it longer than that. That is in good nick. That is in really good nick. I haven't really, really worn it. That's why it was on the wall. Uh, right. <laughs> 
But um, it's it's a little bit. I think it'd actually fit me now. Actually, pretty all we right. That but, pic. We need. But, yeah. Can you send us a picture of that? Yeah, because we, we need to show that to our listeners. Yeah. That is um, that's brilliant. I love <laughs> that. You want to see my Public Enemy T-shirt from like late eighties that Ooh, I've still got, and man. my family are embarrassed when I wear it because it's like a rag. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Charles Zenner, you're an absolute beaut. Thank you so much for introducing me to loads and loads of music. And if you're not following Shell on Twitter or social media, you must, because I, a lot of these band names and bands that I've listened to, I get from Shell. And the amazing radio is just that. It is honestly amazing. And you will get so many uh, recommendations. You'll hear so much live music. It's brilliant. So Shell Zenner, thank you thank you thank you for having me <laughs> is that in the can Zena, oh, what a guest. She was brilliant. And do you know what? When I was editing that, normally you kind of cut out the odd mmm and ah and kind of, you know, just pauses and, you know, stumbles. She's such a pro that it was like she had fully formed thoughts in her head as she was speaking and I hardly had to do anything to edit it. No, that's a pro. That, that She absolutely is. She absolutely is. Um and it is so hard for me to ignore what you've just said there as though having a fully formed thought in your head is is a new is a new thing chris <laughs> <laughs> that is where we're concerned respectable uh, no, it's overrated that it's overrated thinking before you speak do you know yeah, what i mean absolutely with our respectable no, she... spotify <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should try harder. Yeah. She she's just wonderful. She's just absolutely wonderful. And if if you genuinely want to keep up on who's who and what's going on on the music scene all over, Shell is your woman. So stalk her on social media, get following, and I, I promise you you will be introduced to some fantastic artists. Um the film that I mentioned the arena film of the yes. Chelsea Hotel. I checked and it's still on iPlayer. Um, it is. Yeah, it so is it, it was it was made in 1981, and in the little blurb on the webs on our website on Shell's yeah. episode page, there's a link to. I mean, you'll be able to find it anyway, but just go to our website and that will give you everything you need. It's absolutely worth watching. It's just it's fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to getting to a gig and going to an all dayer with Shell. Are you are you ready for it, Chris? Are you prepared? An all dayer? Oh, can you imagine? Yes, I'd love that. What a nightmare I'll be. <laughs> you might have to sneak off, mate, in the in an Uber, and just say, "Oh, don't know what happens." I there, thought you'd Alex. gone. I thought you'd gone. I don't know. <laughs> but thank you, Shell. You are. Uh, an absolute gem 
and I haven't mentioned this to you, Chris, and I'm, I'm still not going to completely spoil it for our listeners because, you know, we like to keep a secret. But um, off the back of Shell's recommendations and something that we just mentioned in the interview, our guest on our next episode is very exciting. Mm. And I cannot wait. So make sure you download the next episode of Gig Stories podcast. And as always, find us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gig Stories pod. And you can email us and start sending you pictures. We love seeing them. Send more, send lots more of your uh, ticket stubs, your merchandise. We had a great um, merchandise one. It was a little figure, wasn't it? Oh, Um, uh, a member of a band. That was, I, I can't remember who it was, but that was on uh, Twitter. So oh, yeah. I, hang on. That's Let me, I, need to, one. I need to give a shout out to, um, oh, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, it, it, they do, they do make us chuckle. So please do get in touch and please do us a favor. We don't say this much. Um, go on to Apple or wherever you download the podcast and please give us a fantastic review because it, it, it helps. It's not just to, um, you know, buff our egos. It's to to help the podcast and to uh, help people uh, find gig stories more easily. So please give us a, a, a lovely review, a lovely one, okay? No unlovely ones. No, no, unlo- we don't like anything that's unlovely. No, we don't like unlovely ones. No. Um, so Alex Turner on, on oh, Twitter. Arctic Monkeys? Not that Alex Turner. He, um, oh. he posted a whole heap of merch and it included <laughs> it included a darkness sponge that is that a, is brilliant a frank side bottom zippo lighter that says keep away from cardboard on the back <laughs> and, I love frank side bottom. Uh, some black crows playing cards queens of the stone age matches um, loads of rolling papers from Black Crows, Sleaford Mods, St. Vitus, Deftones. Um, yes. Yeah, it's just the most random bunch. So thanks, Alex. That was great to see all that stuff. I love random merchandise. Love merchandise. And a reminder, you know, you can get merchandise from whatever bands you like, but especially the smaller artists who are really having to fight in these times to stay afloat and keep doing um, what they love please buy a t-shirt buy something from them buy a box of matches or, or whatever it may be um and help keep them going oh i, I meant to say my, i had a good week, good weekend last weekend sunday i yeah, photographed a band oh an actual tell band them, tell them christopher so they've just released or just about to release a new single called a full syringe and memories of you and it's only the Boo Radleys. He's only shot the bloody Boo Radleys. Yeah. So um, and Chris's picture is all over. So if you've seen a picture of the Boo Radleys this week, because it's been on Pitchfork, Enemy, all over, that's Chris's picture. Yeah. yeah, the boy. You thought I was lying when I said Chris is a photographer. Oh no, he takes pictures with a proper camera and all kinds. Yeah, so that was that was really lovely. And just as I was packing the car up outside the rehearsal studio in Ancoats, um, I could just hear them rehearsing a tune, and I just stood there outside and had a wee listen. And yeah, they're on form. I love that. They're back. The, boo- the booze are back in town. Nice one, Christopher. And um, 
I'm going to be off to the Manchester International Festival this weekend, go and see beatboxer Shlomo and go and take in some sun and some live music. Um, all, all very safely, of course, I'll be honest. Yeah. My kids all want to stay socially distant from me anyway. That's just the norm. So <laughs> no change there. That's the old normal. Exactly. That's the old normal. So thank you so much for your support, everyone. Share the podcast with your family and friends. And we'll see you next time for a very exciting episode. <laughs> Leave that in. Bye. <laughs> that is the best way to finish it. Special thanks to my son Gabe, who created the new incidental music you just heard throughout Shell's episode. Nice one, mate.